And it's been a big edition so far of Sports Day. Of course, AFL talent manager Kevin Sheen is always terrific. Harry D. Mattia, Pies fans, I know you're wrapped with getting that tough left-footed midfielder on your side. He joined us as well. And Dakota Davidson from the Brisbane Lions as they gear up for another prelim final have all joined us. And if you've missed any of those chats, you can catch them on the podcast. Of course, we are here tonight, all thanks to Kia and their epic range, the Kia Sportage, the Seltos, the EV6 GT, and for Maccas, 30 Days, 30 Deals is back at Maccas, and we are standing by for the second round of the draft to get underway in a matter of moments. But joining us now on the back of a request from Jared just to speak about some of the talent that has been drafted is Corey Mobilio. He joins us from Champion Data. Corey, thanks so much for your time. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for uh, joining us, Corey. And I know this is your first public showing, so we won't put you under too much heat. But uh, rest assured, uh, we are going to analyse everything you say with a fine-tooth comb. And uh, Hoiny has put you up. So if you want to blame anybody, blame Hoiny. What was your take out of last night? Yeah, just some half, some nice half volleys would be nice to start. But no, right. last night was interesting. That the, um, you know, the first kind of... You know, five five picks, six picks went to script, and then uh, Windsor came. Probably a bit expected, albeit it was kind of uh, Melbourne were leaning towards Windsor with that pick, and then the Gothard pick came. So no real big, big. Well, there were some big sliders and bolters on the night, which we'll touch on. So, um, but I think the story was that North Melbourne got their men. Um, West Coast got Reed and, and, and Allies dominated the first night. Yeah, the Allies uh, had an incredible uh, draft hand and uh, they made the most of it. So too did North Melbourne. I think that they've opened, uh, not opened up the window, but drawn the curtains uh, away from the premiership window to uh, get a bit of light in. But uh, can I just ask you from a, from a draft, from a numbers perspective, which is, which is uh, I guess, your forte, would you have taken the Wizard Watson or would you have... Uh, gone down the path of what the Kangaroos did and uh, picked up Dersma. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm sure they would have really gone gone over those type of two players um, with a fine-tooth game. I, I do like Dersma. I do like him. Yep. When we look at him and, and when I analyse him, he's, he's a really smooth mover. Um, really nice death, death step to him. 40 goals in 16 games this year. Fantastic. The, the question mark with him is, is if he can push into that midfield range and um, we'll sit back in three to four years' time and, yep. and analyse it. But I actually, yeah, I, I thought the Dersen pick was good. It's you know, it still gives them opportunities with, with what they want to do with Sheasel next year if he continues to play off the halfback. Um, and then McKercher, you know what you're going to get with McKercher, 10, 30-plus disposal performances in 13 matches this year. Um, so he's just a, a really big accumulator who, who also does damage with ball in hand. So he's he's not just going to give you 30 plain disposals. Mm. He's, he's really going to hurt opposition teams. Unusual for a club to pick a wingman with their first-round pick, but... Uh... Caleb Windsor, he looks a pretty tidy player. He is a tidy player, and it felt like a really needs basis for Melbourne um, going after Windsor. So, and it was really heavily scrutinised come finals time is that they were really missing that that connector from that from that half forward, the money kick type operator. Yep. He and, and as you said, he's he's an outside an outside player. Um, should he be out? He should be able to move into the midfield though to, uh, I guess, uh, even enhance his his quality. Yeah, he, he should in, in future 100%. Um, you know, they've lost some depth around around their midfield in the off-season with Jordan going and, and harm, so that potentially does open up, open up a spot. Um, 
But I, I feel with Melbourne's two two picks, they've gone with Windsor and, and Bolstrup, who are, who are crying out for that connector, that mid-forward connection, which they really failed with last year. So yeah. look for those two to, to potentially play really early in 2024. The biggest move of the night was Adelaide trading up to get Daniel Curtin, who had been speculated about as, as being a, a number one pick at certain stages throughout the year, and, and West Coast were probably desperate to get him. They didn't. I love the move from the Crows. Corey, did you? Yeah, I'm with you, Kane, on that one. I think he's he's a he's a key defender. Adelaide saw the opportunity to to draft up, and and they went after him. Obviously, with no Nick Murray for for a large chunk of next year, and Worrell often had to play undersized this year. Uh, they saw an opportunity to to trade up and and get Curtin. We know he had some big midfield performances this year, but I think he's a key defender. He'll be a key defender for the future. He's he's a real gritty generated you know a lot of. Um, positive attributes from his defensive actions last year. Um, I see it as a really safe selection. Look, the 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 flirt to to play him in the f- midfield might come down the track, but I'm, I'm leaning towards him being a really strong intercepting defender, which Adelaide fans will see again really early. I think next year. It's interesting, Kane. Just looking at his highlights package and Corey, um, most of it is as a midfielder. It would seem to me, and he looks really comfortable in that role. Yeah, it's. You've got someone with the size and scope like Curtin and, and midfielders like that don't grow on trees. So I can see the temptation there um, in terms of playing him in that role. But I just think Adelaide, on a needs basis, I think next year, um, you know, they've got Bucks, they've got Worrell. They tried Borlas at times um, throughout this year. I think he played four games and, and obviously no Murray. Um, Duday's obviously departed the club. So I, I feel like he'll be a defender next year, but... Again, we can have this conversation two years' time and and he's starting to play into more of a midfield role. Mm. The other big move of the night, and and it was another trade, so Geelong went back a spot, but they got pick 31 from Essendon and the Bombers got pick 10 for Nate Caddy, who we spoke to last week on the program. He reminded me a bit of Josh Kennedy, uh, just watching his highlights, and if Essendon have a player like Josh Kennedy, they'll be wrapped. But uh, did you see that move coming And, and tell us a little bit about Nate? It, it makes a lot of sense, that move on draft night. So you look at Essendon this year, they, they struggled to get games through Harry Jones. A lot of the a lot of the work was shouldered by Kyle Langford, um, who was very successful in that role, and, and Peter Wright played in the back half of the year. What Essendon fans are going to get with Caddy, he works north-south really well. I like him when he pre- presents up at the ball. Um, you know, similar mould to Charlie Kerno, a bit of Jake Stringer. Um, his athletic traits, he's going to find ways to impact because he is so athletic. He's, he's an in-between size. Um, but, but again, he's, he kicked a, a bulk of goals in the coach league this year. I think he's, um, he's won on a needs basis. Essendon went up and they grabbed him and, and rightfully so. One of the surprises to me was, uh, and I'm not saying it's a wrong decision, but it was a surprise that the Giants elected not to take the offer of next year's round one for their pick seven or pick eight, I think it was, which ended up uh, being Daniel Curtin. Um, and then they went for uh, Young Phoenix Rising. So it was it was an interesting sort of turnaround. It was. Sitting sitting here on, on draft night, when, when I saw Gothard go, I was slightly surprised. Um, and they went and got their man. I, I thought it was going to be Leak, and they ended up getting Leak back at pick 17. So... Um, but with Gothard, his his pressure numbers are really solid, so he's going to again fit that mould of a Brent Daniels and and play and play alongside Bedford and, and Toby Greens. Uh, one touch really elusive small forward, so they went up and got him. 
um, holds a lot of aces through his movement. Um, Gothard, again, another allies kid who, um, yeah, went slightly above expectations uh, last night, but um, he was always going to go in kind of this in, in the range. He, he did have some um, some um, some um, t- some talk around him. So um, I like the move. You've got to be aggressive and, and pick up your plays on the night. Corey Mobilio is with us from Champion Data, analysing from a stats perspective the draftees from last night. What do the numbers say about Harley Reid? How good can he be? I think he's going to be a phenomenal talent. I've got him as the triple P. You've got power, physicality physicality, and, and punishment, an inside ball winner. He's ready to go. He's ready to roll out um, no matter the position you play in next year. Um, that, that will be interesting to see where West Coast, West Coast use him. Um, but, you know, as we've seen this year, he could have plugged and played this year as a 17-year-old. He's a, mm. he's a phenomenal talent. Is there a weakness at all? Um, I, I wouldn't say there's, there's, there's no clear weakness. Look, there's some question marks on his ball use and, and his overall disposal execution. Um, if that, that's probably really nitpicking him. But mm. um, not all of these players are going to be really refined come, come this time of the year as well. So I um, expect him to play early. Um, for for all West Coast fans listening. Yeah, well, I think you even see the top end of the elite players currently playing, like Petrarca at times. He sprays them everywhere, doesn't he, Jared? Yeah. Dangerfield has probably sprayed them for the best part of 15 years and got away with it okay. So if he, he misses a few, I think we'll be understanding of that. Now, Jared's been fascinated by Big Doty, Taylor Go, the big South Australian ruckman who hasn't been playing footy for that long. Uh, and North jumped ahead of the Crows to get him at pick 20. I mean, what's the upside here? Yeah, it was really interesting with seeing what North Melbourne did last night. and They obviously got uh, Dersmer and McKercher, and then their next two picks were, were Goat and Will Dawson, who are really these developing taller types, And um, which, yeah, was, was slightly surprising. Um, they always kind of linked to grab one of them. They ended up grabbing two. So Goat, a really, really big asset is his speed. So he finished top 10 at, at, the, uh, at the combine in the 20-metre sprint. And Dawson, well, in terms of horse racing, terms he, he's a really late foal he's born in december and he's two th- 200 centimeters so mm. found his niche playing um in defense in the back half of the year so across his last eight coach league matches he averaged over two intercept marks a game um look both of these two are really developing tools um and and, and will take some time in the system but again this is the thing on draft night and we'll look back in three years time and they might be the picks of the draft you, you just never know with these type of developing taller types. Well, what the uh, what Goat has got is, as you said, enormous athleticism. He's got a big leap. He's 210 centimetres, or 206. Cast your mind forward in five years' time. Who's going to be the best out of the lot of them? The kid that the Gold Coast got, Ethan Reed, uh, Will Green from the Swans, or is the Goat, the goat going to become the Goat? <laughs> I'll play a straight bat. Look, they're all cold. Yeah, I know they're all good. They've all taken in the foot. But who do you think will be number one? I really, yeah, I do really like Ethan Reid. And, and we talk about these modern day unicorns, Luke Jackson. So if you compare his under 18 championship numbers to a Luke Jackson or a yeah. Tim English, um, obviously he's outperforming them. 21 disposals, 22 disposals at the champs. He averaged covers the ground. Look, he, he'll have an apprenticeship behind Wits for some time, but I think what Reed is, he can play anywhere. So he can play on a wing. Think of a Mark Blitzarves type as well with, yeah. when, you, when you're picturing Reed next year. So yeah. I'll, I'll lean in the Reed camp. And Green, what's your thoughts there? 
Yeah, Will Green, he was another one. Um, really good ruck craft. I see a lot of upside with him. And it, I think he's really, he's key, his ability to, to really cover the ground, um, oh. William Green. So probably a bit more of a better ruck craft, obviously, compared mm. to, to an Ethan Reid. Uh, we had we had Green as the fifth highest rated player at the champs, so mm. might take some time to develop behind a Grundy. Um, but in terms of you, you're getting a proper ruckman with, with Green. So pushing forward, we've got uh, the second edition of the draft coming up uh, in only a matter of minutes. Uh, there's a few guys who have uh, slid significantly. Do you expect them to get picked up? Yeah. So the likes of Ollie Murphy, Archer Roberts. Archie Roberts, sorry, and Ari Schoenmaker, those type of the ones that would have had a, some nervous moments um, and would have had to unfortunately sleep on it. So I do expect them to go early. Uh, uh, West Coast hold the first pick. So, um, look, it wouldn't surprise me if they went in their own backyard and grabbed a Mitch Edwards, another Ruckman, yep. um, who could take some time to develop. They've obviously got Matthew Flynn. Nick Matnui's out of the system now as well. So um, that first pick on the night, um, I think, West Coast um, will stay in their own backyard, but there, there's a lot of talent around. There is a lot of talent mm. still left on the board. How do you go about analysing the the data of these underage players? There's school footy, there's the Coates Talent League, there's the championships, and, and how has it developed with your systems over, say, the last sort of five to six years? Yeah, it, it, you do run into some, um, some hurdles, I guess, when analysing these type of plays. You've got um, kids who play against men the whole year, um, you've got mm. guys who play school footy, so you don't see a lot of them. And, and you've got Waffle Colts compared. How do you compare that to a Sample 18s compared to a Coates League? Um, so there are a lot of different factors. Obviously, the champs is first and foremost. Um, so you start with that. And um, So a player like Riley Sanders, he recorded the highest rated champs ever on record this year. Yeah. Um, so you start from a, an under-18 championships base level and then work down through through some of the leagues. Um you know, if, if, if kids are playing more senior football, you look more into them. But it, it's really, you're just trying to get as, as, as cross as many players as possible, what, what clubs they're interested in, and, and start your base from there, I guess, yeah. So who well, did you think was the big winner last night? Look, it's it's hard to go past uh, past North. Um, look, they, they took McKercher and, and Dersman and obviously came back in and took some developing tools. And Hardiman, who's at every chance to play next year, Mm-hmm. Uh, one out of the box. I really liked what GWS did. Look, there would be question marks if they went too early on Gothard, but I thought where they got leak was a really good selection. Yep. And Gothard, I, I did really like analysing pre-draft. So GWS for me, but um, if you're a North fan, you'll be, again, pretty chuffed having um, five five picks in the in the top 29. And, Corey, just a text coming through off the Timber text. A Western Bulldogs fan asking about Riley Sanders. Is he just a rolled gold walkout 250, 300 gamer through the midfield? Yeah, like I said before, you again, another one of these players that could play really, really early. Um, highest rated champs on record. Ball winner, you know, stoppage work, work rate. You know, I look at him, I see Adam Trelaw, I see a bit of Juan Francis as well, Kane in his movement and his ability to break lines. He even looks like him um, watching a lot of tape through and throughout the year. So um, expect a lot of positive things with Sanders. He looks like he's a real go and he'll go early. And one final one, we shouldn't uh, have a chat to somebody from Champion Data without uh, mentioning the passing of uh, the founder of uh, Champion Data, uh, Ted was a fantastic person. He had a uh, he had a big impact on the 1970 Grand Final. 
but uh, he was uh, very much the father of statistical analysis. Yeah, it was really unfortunate news to, to wake up and, and read some emails today around um, around the passing of Ted and and you know the likes of myself and Horney would wouldn't even be in the picture um, without someone like Ted laying a really strong foundation and and laying a, you know what what he did in in the past with Champion and and getting it to where we are today. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a sad day losing someone like Ted. Um, in terms of you know working in the industry and 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 specifically Champion data. So um, you know everyone inside the four walls owe a lot to him, and um, a lot of us wouldn't be where we are today without Ted. So rest in peace, Ted Hopkins. Uh, great to have you on board, Corey, and uh, have a great night tonight. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on.